hello, OdaFest listeners. It is the episode 150. We now have as many episodes as there used to be Pokemon. Minus one. But I'm here. I'm Angelo. And who else is here? It's Nancy. It's <gasps> Jay. It's, it's me. me. Hello. Hello. And thanks, everyone, for coming down to Calgary Expo and visiting our table. It was great to see each of your cosplays and happy faces. We hope to yeah. see you all again soon. So stay safe. Stay healthy. Until then. Okay, I have yeah. to say, there was the most adorable venti at Expo. Oh, oh. my goodness. The cosplay the game this year was actually really, really good. There was a really good venti, like, holy cow, top tier cape and everything. Starbucks. And there was an adorable Klee. Oh. So cute. I don't know who Klee is. Klee is the little red Klee bomber is. girl. Yeah. She's oh. with the elf ears. Super cute. Yeah. The the one who is on the no fly list. Okay. Yeah, Venti is a green is the green one. There was uh, I don't know I didn't see them at the Odefest booth when I was there on the Sunday, but um, I was there on Saturday. I did see them. It's probably the same one as the one who showed up for the Odefest big anime night. If I had to guess, oh, if, it was a, like if it was a really good cosplay, then I assume it would be the same because uh, they did they nailed that cosplay. I was like, I know you're something from Genshin Impact, I don't know <laughs> him, but. It looks very good. They did a very good job. It was really good. Nice. Um, yeah, I saw the cleat. She even had a Dodoko backpack. Oh my god! So cute. That's and wonderful. I, I saw her because she came to my panels. I was like, "You're so cute to look at, and you're in the front row." Were they? Were they a tiny? They were a tiny, and they were a very cute. Uh, a small. That is so the two cute. things, the two prerequisites to a cleat cosplay. I know, right? Super adorable. But yes, it was really nice to see cosplay again. I missed Big Gay Anime Night, so it was just good to see just cosplay in general. There were some very racy ones. There were some very cute ones. There were some uh, very cool masks. People made like uh, masks that were like out of, I think it was cosmetic grade foam or something. Because there were like white walkers walking around and they had like the full mask, but they only did the top half with face makeup and the bottom half was like a foam mask. Oh. So neat. Oh, that's a good idea. There was uh, a cosplay. I assume it was a cosplay. I called them the Breakfast Fairy because I don't know what they're from. The Breakfast but they, Fairy. There was this, um, yeah, uh, this person wearing like a, a very cool like dress that was kind of it looked vintagey and like the the coloration and the style but mm. it had like um sort of breakfast inspired bits on it and then they had like this cute little side bag that was a old timey looking cereal box that said like no it wasn't cereal it said waffle and pancake mix and oh. it was like a big box that they could use, but as a side bag. And I don't know, but Breakfast Fairy visited the Odafest booth. The vintage I'm Breakfast Fairy. I'm very happy fairy. to see. Yeah. Um, I really, I wonder, because I'm not a cosplayer, but I wonder if people took extra time this year working on cosplays, like hoping that when the time would come around, they would have like an excellent entry for cosplay contest and, and just stuff like that. Because... 
you know, normally people, cosplayers are running around with their heads uh, cut off, you know, doing last minutes. And I'm sure a lot of people still did last minute stuff, but... There's there's um, going to be I, two different kinds that are out there right now. There's going to yeah. be the people who are like, okay, I, these are all the cosplays that I wanted and finished for 2020. And I'm saved going up to and stockpiled. More work, more work into them mm-hmm. for 2021. They are going to be the best cosplays mm-hmm. for 2021 cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's then definitely you get, going to be some of them out there. Yeah. Then and there's then going get, to be the people who are like, okay, normal. People. So I made all of the ones for 2020. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have those in my pocket whenever I need to. Let's start on the ones for 2021, too. <laughs> yeah, those were the ones who had a really, really hard time getting up every morning of the of the event and going, I don't know which one of these cosplays I want to use today because they now have mm-hmm. so many. It's the, I wake up, look in the closet, and I don't know what to wear today uh, problem, but for cosplay. Exactly. That's exactly it. The kind of people who who like bring six or seven costumes to a convention and they swap midway through the day. It's like, okay, time for lunch. I'll get out of this costume. I'll eat a burrito and then I'll sew myself into the next costume. I've heard heard people doing that and I've never I've never like thought about doing that because, well, I'm not a cosplayer, I guess. But that's like always extreme to me. I'm like, don't you don't need to do that. I, I I show up in jeans and a staff shirt and that's pretty much it <laughs> i mean i man, don't wash the jeans, staff shirt holding for yourself to really high standards days. there yeah jeans yep. actual denim oh goodness real pants yeah. but i mean good shoes i'm not i'm not uh in the cosplay community as as much as i love all my friends who do it i've never joined them in cosplaying so I don't, I don't like fully relate to that struggle, but I see them go through it every time, you know, we're at Odafest or Comic-Con and it's, it's an amazing flurry of activity and like hecticness that I can't really describe. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like, so I think for many of us, uh, especially in our local area, uh, Calgary Expo was probably our first con that we went to. Over the past two years or so, yeah, and there were a lot uh, of people. It was nice, yeah. Uh, it was it was nice. I didn't actually get to explore the event. I just didn't have time. And I always say that I'm sort of a um, paradox in that I'm a con runner without like really love going to cons. So I didn't actually care to walk around the con. But people told me enough about it, and the people that I was working the booth with were uh, the ones kind of going around every now and then and checking out. Artist Alley and boot and booths and all that kind of stuff, but it seemed all right. It seemed like things were going well enough. I have um, I have something of a question. So mm-hmm. in the past, sure. I actually don't go to CCEE. I just I just don't even consider it because like the the two or three times that I've gone, it's always been so busy there, so absurdly busy that it's just like yeah, I don't I don't want to be here. There's just too many people. No, thank you. And that that's in a normal year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering everything that's going on, did you find that it was like busier than normal or was it actually like one of the slower CCEEs just because, oh, maybe a lot of people weren't even sure if it was going to be happening. So they didn't come in from out of province. Uh, so maybe, maybe there are some I'm people gonna, who I'm gonna, vaccinated that didn't want to go. I'm going to preface uh, this answer with, I only... So first of all, we don't know, um, even from a fellow con runner sort of perspective, 
we don't have any ideas of what their numbers are and we don't typically delve into their I, ju I just mean stuff. from like looking down the but, hallway uh, from the table. No, I know, I know, I know. And I'm going to, Nancy, you did your panel on Saturday, right? I, it was I on Saturday. So I can okay, also so preface you, so this. So you can answer first yeah. because I only did Sunday evening pretty so, much. So that was much more of a wind down time. If I remember right, the website for CCE, when I had to go in to activate my little RFID badge that lets me in and out of the, the event areas, they said that they had limited tickets this year to 25,000. And that number still sounds really, really big to me. Um, being there on Saturday, which is typically the busiest day of a convention, because they were open on Friday, yes, but it was quite quiet as per usual. Um, the Saturday ended up, to me, feeling like what a Sunday would feel like in a pre-pandemic convention event. Um, I was at the Odafest booth for a few hours just helping out. Um, there was no shortage of people walking around, but there was space between people instead of it being just like jam-packed in there, which it would normally be on a Saturday for a convention event like this. Um, like it was busy. It was more people than I had been in, like around part in a of and yeah. around since you know pandemic really started it was very anxiety riddled for me personally i don't know how other people felt but it was like equal parts anxiety and equal parts just that that happiness that gratification of being at a at an event like this again because i mean we all missed out fest we all missed being like in close proximity to people that we we mm -hmm. love spending time with in a setting like this so it was sort of equal parts true true uh, yeah i i think on the saturdays or uh sorry on the sunday that i was there i was there from about noon uh till close which was about five o'clock um now that being said that was definitely like the wind down day um as normally and i feel like maybe they had i would assume about two-thirds or three to three-quarters worth of um their sort of what i would feel would be like capacity so um i don't i'm gonna again remind and preface that i don't know what their numbers are this is not any official estimation my assumption is that they did not sell out of passes that's not a bad thing it's just a weird event at a weird time at a weird uh, uh i'm tired of being a part of a historical event um true <laughs> sort of sort of thing right so i'm tired um, of living with in those... interesting times <laughs> exactly <laughs> unprecedented um, so times. so with those sort of exactly so in sort of those in that light uh, i think they were successful uh i just think that it wasn't filled to a theoretical brim um and, and but i really thankfully. don't know what the overall looked like like you know on the friday and the saturday and everything like that um I'm just extremely grateful for all the people that came up to me at uh, at the booth, honestly. Uh, like, I mean, my first interest is always going to be Odafest, right? And and people coming up and being like, when are you guys going to be doing your own thing? Or like, when are you, will there be an, an event? Or like, I can't wait to see you guys next year. Like, that kind of stuff is like, I don't know. It's the stuff that keeps me going. It's the... It's. It was just really heartwarming because it's like people don't forget us. Our we always worry like, like for us. They have not yeah. forgotten. So that was, and it's just like, I don't know if that was like you got you had that experience at the booth at all. So okay, I worked. The, was, I worked the the wheel a lot. Yeah. So. so we didn't. So while I was there, the wheel was only out for like twenty minutes. But 
when I was there, a lot of people came by and were like, hey, is Odafest coming back? That's usually the first question uh, this coming yeah. year. And then they ask, can I get tickets yet? And it was almost disappointing to tell everyone. It's like, hey, we don't have tickets yet. We are planning for yeah. there to be an event it's next just year. Yeah. But yeah. like having to say that is equal parts disappointing, but also like everyone was really understanding about it. There wasn't anyone that was like massively yeah. disappointed and angry that we weren't yeah. selling passes early like we normally do at events like this. Right. I believe um, like normally we would have had passes up for pre-sale by now. Yep. Yeah. But it's we, just a we matter normally of normally have passes up we don't right know after yet, our right? last event. Like we expect, we fully expect for Odafest 2022 to yeah. be a thing. But everyone understands that, you know, like like things are such a roller coaster. Things are such a, a roller coaster in this province. So we like, you know, the thing the times that I had to sort of explain things, I always like just mentioned it was like it's logistics and and we just have to hope things are around this level or better, hopefully better, and then we'll definitely have better. better. We, 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 we expect things to be better, but we also expect things to be better this uh, year. Months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, lots, lots of things happen, but either way, um, just the fact that people were coming back to us and be like, you know, I want to go, I want to see you guys. And I was just like, great. Like I'll, I, I'm happy to have you guys. And yeah, great. Us too. We want to be around. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was honestly a fantastic time. Uh, we had the wheel out for people who don't understand because we were like, maybe you didn't go or didn't see us, but we had this little like giveaway wheel, just like had stickers and tattoos and pens and stuff to give away. Pins. And we actually had it out for a solid three, like two and a half hours maybe wow. because we were just kind of finish up on what we had left on stock because we, uh, I don't know if we. I, I can probably mention that. I don't think we're gonna have another promotional appearance for a while, just because there's not many other local events that are gonna be happening at the scale that we would want to attend at. So uh, we had a lot of small merch items to give away, and and really happy to see how people's faces lit up when they won something, um, even if it was like candy or or a sticker. Who doesn't like free candy? Like yeah, well, we give away haichu. We give away mm. haichu. It's not oh just my like God. some it's the premium sad, stuff. like Werther's thing. It's, no, <laughs> Werther's. It's good. Werther's is little, good, but little mentos you don't want it all the time. Packs, like no, yeah, no, exactly, we gave away right? haichus. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, I'm 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 pretty happy with the way Expo went. I think you know just. Not from an organizational standpoint, but just seeing people being engaged and involved, um, like our, our the fellow booths around us, and just like the general um, audience nearby. So mm -hmm. I, I think everyone did well. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful to know. I'm, I'm glad that the well. booth did fantastic and that people were excited. But uh, Nancy, you also had a panel that you were on at CCEE. I did. So funny story. Um, there is. Uh, we were originally slated to have our panel at like 11 a.m which is like the death slot for any panel on a saturday nobody wants to get up for a panel that's actually informative uh that's at 11 a.m on a saturday everyone's still nursing their hangover everyone is either nursing a hangover from the night before or they are going to like a game show event or some some other like more uh 
like audience engaging type type things around that time slot. Uh, so someone else took our panel slot and we went to go and say thank you for taking it because uh, they did it on purpose. They specifically took that slot so that they could just sit there and ramble about what they do for conventions uh, and gave us a fantastic time slot at five. Uh, and so we ended up getting uh, what I would call like a safe full house. Um, the room was full, but it was with people who were, you know, spacing themselves out, you know, with a, a chair between them and such. And it oh, was great. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, which, uh, which area were you, was that done in? I like, cause I have a general idea of, of the layout of I'm what sure. they had, but I never walked around that much. Uh, so we, all of the panels were in the Palomino rooms. Um, oh. Palomino B was the room we were in. So that was like the, mm. you know, this is a large enough conference room for someone to, to have a lecture. Uh, to mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. 200 people. I was about to say yeah, about yeah. 200, 250 people. Yeah. yeah. No, it was good. It was really good. Um, There were lots of really good questions. Uh, Backtracking a little bit, I should tell you at least what the panel was about. Uh, My friend and I, Mike Anthony, we did a panel on how to get into voice acting. Apparently, there are a lot of people who love the idea of getting into it, but have no idea how to get started. So there was a lot of, uh, we went over a lot of things. I had a bit of an agenda on my phone so that I could keep us on track. The panel was unfortunately very short, but because no one came out, after us, we just stayed until people came to kick us out. So we actually stayed like an extra half hour longer than we were supposed to because there were lots of good questions. And it was really fantastic to just meet all these very enthusiastic people. Like the, were there the any most particular. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Were there any particular questions that stood out to you? Uh, the, lar- the most common comment that I get is uh, I thought I had to move to get work in voice acting, which is really no longer the case. That used to be the case when all voice acting was concentrated on coast, and now it's not. It's very not. The internet makes the world much, much smaller, and it's, you know, I've lived here my whole life, and I get decent work through voice acting all the time. So if anything, I'm a standing testament against that. Move to a tropical island with a satellite internet, and then take up voice acting for work. You could do that realistically if you could afford to move to an island and live there comfortably, you know, with a with an uplink that's that solid. We just sure. need the, the the Elon Musk or the Google internet balloons to happen first. Oh man. Do you really need why would you need solid internet? You only need maybe about seventy five you do like want very like low up. latency internet because if you're Jay, working with a director... do you director... understand that 75 megabit per second up is exceptionally good internet? Very good internet. And most people in Calgary probably get I think that's only... If, if no. you're that's on an island, case... you're lucky to get dial-up. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's sort of true, but like, we just have really poor standard of internet. Like, yeah, like and that's... 100 megabit up is not uncommon in like europe dude i know or Asia. but that's a separate conversation like, just, about how suck. how the state but of we're internet talk- is in I, I, it, i'm talking about like a private island you don't have no undersea cables in fact now that now that i think about it, i said like satellite internet uh that doesn't work because satellite internet generally uses dial up as the upload connection i guess so Oh, yeah. my God. You do want something at least relatively low latency because if you're doing any sort of rehearsals, if you're working with directors, if you're working with the other actors, having that kind just, of latency really Just ask really the director to send you instruction by carrier Oh, pigeon. my God. Can you just send it by stork? Can you send me my script, baby? <laughs> script What's the babies? best question you've ever 
been asked at a panel like that's memorable to you? Oh, oh God. Um, what what is the best way to prepare for death cries is probably one of them. I think they were expecting a live demo and I wasn't about to give one uh, at the OdaFest panel that I, I hosted that year because A, our audio engineer would have killed me. Um, if you do something like that behind the microphone and they are not technically set up for it, you could blow out the microphone Ooh. and you don't want that kind of bill on you. Uh, so I didn't, but it was a good question in that I was very curious what they were working on, where they needed to be that graphically detailed about how to do a death cry. Cause they were like, they were very specific. They were like, I just, I would like some advice on how to do a death cry, but like, you know, you're gurgling because there's blood in your throat because you've just been stabbed like X many times in the chest and in the throat and this and that. And you're like... That's very Step specific. One, pour a <laughs> glass of chalky milk. <laughs> I sort of, I kind of, I almost don't understand that question just because, like, I don't know. I don't think death cries are that common. If anything, that sounds common. like it would be partly folly, partly, uh, partly voice acting. Yeah, that's it's very, very much true. A, like, it's very much a fictional thing that, like, like death doesn't come loudly. But that's the thing. <laughs> it's because thing. it's a fictional thing that people expect it. So it's dramatized. Yeah, there's so there's there's two different ways you can do death cries. You can do like a very dramatic but like a room room volume type uh death or you can sure. do something that's really over the top, very like, "Oh, I'm playing a fighting game and your death scream has to match like the, you know, any street your, fighter your death, death scream has to be a dramatic Yelling, a guttural, a guttural, expelling just, of the soul as you fly back <laughs> and you just exclaim, my I mean, fight money. I knew you were going to say my fight money because we played too many <laughs> fighting games. But I also, I'm all, uh, like, you know, it just makes me think of, like, Peter Griffin on the corner oh. going, like, <sighs> But, I mean... <sighs> I haven't even had that long of a voice acting career. It's been 10 years plus. But, like... I've done a lot of death screams, <laughs> a lot of death careers. screams, and yes, they can hurt very, very badly if you don't prepare for it. It's equal parts some yeah. having throat stretching. Uh, yes, lots of warming up, uh, but also being very kind to your voice because you really shouldn't be attempting a lot of these in like you know a fifteen minute period. Don't try and do like various death screams for fifteen solid minutes. Definitely don't do that. I've I've heard uh stories from voice actors where they'll be brought into a booth and they said yeah you're going to be doing uh, battle chatter today uh or death screams or something and then they're stuck just making these sounds and, and death screams for like eight hours and by the end of it they're like yeah i can't work for another week dude what the hell well okay first of all uh they shouldn't have been asked to do that uh that's that's another topic that we can go down as a rabbit hole another do you, time but are dude do voice actors ever get paid uh, differently for different kinds of work then? Like, hazard pay? For instance, like, yeah, like essentially a hazard pay for, you know, guttural yelling versus regular pay for, hello, I'm just here to have a conversation and seduce you with my voice. Yes. Hazard pay is a thing. Uh, you're 
premium is basically adjusted based on how hard this work is on the vocal cords. So, Angelo, remind me again which anime series that was where that one character just basically yells and screams and squeaks for all like, oh the my majority God. of his lines. Black what Clover. was it called? Yes, Black, Black Clover. Clover. Asta, literally screaming every single line. I, I had to stop watching because of that. Like, yeah. I, I, I was only kind of into it. I, I remember, like, back when Bat Black Clover was first airing, I complained about it and thanked something else in some new season for giving me something to watch other than Black Clover on Tuesdays. Mm. But, yeah, constant screaming that all actor, the time. That actor that definitely guy, charges Asta. more. Yes, because it's a that lot dude? to, like, oh. put that kind of strain I was on just saying that vocal cords. I don't know if the director told that guy to scream every single line. I have to imagine. Instead, maybe he just read his contract and was like, oh, oh, there's a bonus if I if I am using uh, strenuous vocal techniques. Get a load of this. <laughs> it's not a bonus. Oftentimes, it's something that the director specifically wants. Okay, that, that does make more sense. Yeah. This dude just looks like a rejected... Yu-Gi-Oh character. <laughs> yes. It's very strange. Oh, it's it's boy. your standard shonen battle anime. You can't expect it is. too much. It is very okay. much. But yeah, I once saw a compilation of, of like, I think all of his lines in the first four episodes, and I was like, nope, can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. No, it's... Can't do it. My God. Uh, but I have had to have a role where I was supposed to be a gargoyle and they specifically asked for a gravelly quality to my voice that for two hours was oh that did me in for the ooh. rest of the weekend Ooh, i but can yeah. only imagine definitely hazard pay is a thing especially if you have more strenuous requirements for that role than any other role in your production yes and if the voice actor isn't asking for extra consideration when doing recording for their sessions, then they're potentially just being too shy to ask because you need to take care of that. That's your that's your moneymaker, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, in other news, in, in other, other news. stuff. What so, else has been making you scream, Angela? Uh, so long-time listeners of the podcast will know that Nancy has had no... No shortage of issues with her laptop. Uh, and for a little while, I have been having a few issues with mine. Relating to the keyboard, I, I believe, I don't know if it was uh, two episodes ago or the end of the previous season, where I was mentioning how the keyboard will cut out. But only particular small certain keys on the keyboard will cut out. And to fix it, I'll have to open up my keyboard... Remove the motherboard, unplug, and plug back in the keyboard, the ribbon cable for the keyboard. And it eventually got so bad. Uh, so I've, I've actually had uh, a new keyboard sitting around for it. But the, the time I opened up the laptop to try to replace it, it was it was melted in to the upper case of the laptop. It was, it was like plastic riveted is what I call it. I don't know if that's the proper term. But that's so. a, a fairly common it's a now common method of mounting keyboards and laptops that I absolutely hate. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, laptop keyboards were made where oftentimes you would just have to unscrew one screw from the bottom of the keyboard that was holding it in, from the bottom of the laptop, exterior of the laptop even, 
And then you could just like shift the keyboard, pull it out, and you're done. Pop a new one in. I had I have had like two or three laptops where that was the case. But since then, since that last laptop in 2008, I have not seen another laptop since where it was that easy. Instead, I had to take off the back panel of my laptop. Thank God that was all one panel and only 12 screws to do that. Only. And then I had to remove my motherboard. Uh, just had to remove like the video connections, the Wi-Fi connections, the power connections, uh, two different daughter PCBs, uh, the hard drive, the motherboard itself. And then finally I can see, oh, here is the, the, the keyboard and it's melted into the case. But my laptop, but my keyboard is just, it was unusable. It was so bad. Like I would unplug it, reseat it. I would do that whole thing and it would work for maybe half an hour before the problems would start popping back up again. I'm like, my fucking God. So I finally look up a, a guide and they're like, yeah, this is how you do it. Take a soldering iron and melt the fucking plastic bits off. Oh, that, that is how you do it. Oh, and I was like, these, this can't be real. And I look, I, I do a little bit more research and yeah, yeah, you can do that. Uh, you can also just use exacto knives to cut the plastic off and then people are like, well, how do you, how do you, and it's like, well, if you, if you make sure that the melted stubs of plastic are kind of cleaned up before putting in your new keyboard, you can kind of melt them back into place, or you can use ABS 3D fill, 3D printing filament and friction weld it back into place. Oh my Lord. And it's like, wow, what the hell laptop manufacturers? So I went through, I did it. I, I kind of did a bad job because the, the keyboard isn't perfect, but it works. I, Despite me like manhandling it, trying to poke the, the melted, jaggy, wiry, horrible little bits of plastic through the different spots of the laptop, there was like f- fifty or sixty different places where of plastic that I had to melt out and then freaking punch back through the laptop and remelt. I think of the like fifty or sixty of them, I got maybe eight to remelt and secure in the keyboard, Ooh. which tells you how many they actually needed. Oh my god. So was it actually like slicing a hot knife through butter or was it like a very painstaking process of like, is it melted yet? No. Is it melted yet? No. So when I'm taking out the old keyboard, I can be a lot more violent with it because <laughs> uh, I'm not keeping that keyboard and I hate it. Mm. So it's basically <laughs> I, I, I took a little metal shiv and wedged it in under one part so I could get like a, a good a bit of leverage up. I would take the soldering iron then, jam it against the plastic thing, and I would just melt it until that part of the keyboard popped up. And I would just keep doing that. It took me overall about an hour and a half to replace the thing. Again, it's not perfect. If you know what to look for, you can obviously see that it's been replaced. But it appears so far to be working. So far. What do you possibly expect to go wrong within the next couple of days? I expect the exact same problem to pop up. Oh, if Lord. if the original issue was that uh, jiggling and bouncing around the, the laptop in my uh, bag when I'm biking, if that's mm-hmm. what caused the original issue, mm-hmm. then I have no reason to believe that the current uh, uh, the current ribbon cable might also start becoming loose. So I don't know if this is a real fix or not. 
The one thing that I can say is that with the previous keyboard, the backlights on it seemed really dim and they didn't seem to hold their settings properly. Hmm. Whereas this one seems much brighter. So maybe there was a legitimate other thing going on with the keyboard. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't only that the cable was coming loose. But I don't know for sure. I guess we'll find out next week. I on hope the so. next episode of the OdaFest podcast, <laughs> we'll find I out if so. Angelo's laptop uh, hijinks if it, work out. If it, if it keeps giving me problems, I'm going to get myself a new laptop. Mm-hmm. And there's this one really nice laptop called uh, the Framework Laptop that's built by X Lenovo and HP and Dell engineers. Hmm. And the whole point of it is that it is stupidly easy to fix. Like, the whole bottom of the laptop is five screws to take off the whole bottom. And there's no glue or anything. They use magnets to hold the bottom on. The oh, screws wow. are captive, so you just loosen them. And they stay in the case. Nothing to lose. Oh, wow. Those Every are nice. single. Every single screw in the laptop uses the exact same screwdriver, and it comes with the screwdriver to do it. Oh, wow. They really it has a little spot. It's cheaper if you assemble it yourself. It's cheaper if you assemble it yourself. There's spare screws in one part of the laptop in case you lose some. Oh, my God. The bezel around the screen is just magnetically held on. The laptop, instead of having 50 or 60 plastic rivets, just has screws for the keyboard. Just has screws. That sounds delightful. That speaks so to my DIY heart. The GPU portion of it, it, they only use Intel integrated graphics. So I would be going down in power, but I would be getting a, a laptop that I don't really need the power. It would just be a nice laptop. Mm-hmm. Man, that sounds like a dream. I'm surprised that they're not bigger in the market, honestly. They they just released like a month or two ago. Ooh, they're so fairly new. How's the price point looking compared to stuff that's currently on market? They're expensive. You are paying a premium yes. for a repairable, high quality laptop. You, for what you're getting, I'm looking at the. I've never heard of Framework, but I'm. I was interested the moment he mentioned it. Um, for what you're getting, I would estimate that, and I'm assuming the prices on the website are, uh, oh, actually, no, they might be in Canadian. Um, actually, I can't tell. Like The language that is showing, location is showing is Canadian, but I don't know if the pricing is showing as Canadian because sometimes that's different for whatever reason. Um, I would estimate that you could probably get this for about $200 cheaper from a standard like Dell setup. Probably. But of course, then you do not have an easily repairable laptop. Oh, another thing they do. They put QR codes for videos on how to replace parts on the parts. Yes, you did tell me about that once. Yeah. The the do it yourself build is they say it's nine ninety nine. Yeah, again, That's well, affordable. let's let's for the sake of of comparison, we'll assume that it's in Canadian dollars. You could definitely get something comparable that is again non modular and non self repairable. Probably for oh, it's a thirteen point five inch display. I didn't even see the display size until just now. So I would assume you could maybe get something like this for about seven hundred, maybe even six fifty. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, though, it's not terrible. That base like, price that you're looking at is not what you end up paying. Uh, one thing about them is that instead of having standard port configurations, 
they instead have these little slot in dongles that go into the USB C's to give oh, you like okay. your display or HDMI port out, your USB A, right. uh, a different USB C. And so when I spec'd mine out, when I oh. added in what I wanted, it was yeah. actually coming out closer to like sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred, I yep. think. Sorry, because here I'm just gonna take a quick screenshot and post it up here, but uh, I just saw in this category, which is many primary categories. So your storage, operating system, and memory, and power adapter, and Wi-Fi connectivity are all They're potentially all at your non-existent. Own. Yes. So what this becomes is while there is modular uh, build buildability, I guess, into this uh, laptop, it's also very much a nickel and dime uh, proposition. You are paying a premium for a laptop where everything is easy to fix. Because it may not, it, it doesn't come with an OS pre-built. It does not come with storage pre-built. It does not come with memory pre-built. These if, are all major things. If you don't know what you're doing, then this, this is, is not, not the laptop, laptop for, for you. you. <laughs> this is a, this is the Linux yeah. of laptops. Yeah, this it's, is definitely. Yeah. Uh, they do have they do have pre-made options. They do have options that will come yes. with like an OS that do have everything put together for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I tried to do that, it said. Sorry, we don't have that. Configure hmm. now. I'm seeing if they they'll take me. Okay, okay. If I, it did work, it just the first time I tried to click the link, it glitched. The pro level, which I assume comes with everything that is the best of what they're they're able to give you, which is an i7 uh, processor with 32 gigs of memory, uh, one terabyte of storage, and Wi-Fi six, and Windows 10 Pro says that it should it's it sold for twenty six hundred dollars yeah yeah that sounds uh, about right what was the hold on the most comparable laptop i can think of is whatever that razor gaming laptop was that came out recently oh the razor like blade. the switch blade or whatever they call it or the razor blade the blade yeah, yeah the razor blade is and that primo that now don't get me wrong that the, that starts at 2400 Canadian. Like, I just went on the website really quick. But that is still... The base model is probably still a better computer in terms of its ability than the highest-end framework PC. Probably. Yes. It actually... It's not really that comparable, unfortunately. I'm looking at... Like, the reality is, with Framework, yeah. you are buying it because you want to be able to fix the bitch. Yeah. Like, clearly they've they've made a concerted effort to design the thing so that it is repairable. Because that's, that's how you mm -hmm. cut corners when you're manufacturing things. You make something and it's not easy to repair or just not repairable. For instance, my, like, fob to get into my car, like, my car key itself... It is resined in there. Even though I know exactly which thing I would need to fix in the electrical wiring, if I could open it up and the actual PCB was available to me, I could fix this. I know what's wrong with it, but I can't. It's completely stuffed with resin, and I just have no other option but to buy a new one. Oh my yeah, god, I, I hate when they do that. I know, I do it's, too. It's a cool 
sorry, the, the framework laptop is definitely a cool concept. I don't think it's recommendable to a standard consumer percent of people. A standard consumer yes. would not like this. However, people this like me and Angelo would. Yes. Absolutely. Would, I'm actually sort of upset because like assuming most of this stuff is sort of proprietary as well. You won't like That's I the thing, it's not proprietary. For, what like if I want different options for my keyboard, for example. Now that that is something. Uh that's what I mean. Just like, because laptop uh things like that. Ideally, if they did sell a lot of this stuff, you would have like third party options. But right now, that's way down the line. It's, it's like any other kind of stuff. You can put in whatever yeah. RAM you want. You can put in whatever storage you want. You can put in whatever Wi-Fi card you want. But when you get to like the processor, just because of the way that laptop processes are, it's BGA. You are not replacing the processor. Uh, when it no, comes you down, it, it literally markets it as there's a in the FAQs. It asks. Is it can a socket? Can I upgrade processor? my CPU? Can I upgrade my CPU later? Yes. If you ever need more performance in the future, you can upgrade to a new mainboard with a new CPU on it. They say a new mainboard with a new CPU on it. That's replacing mm-hmm. the whole yeah. motherboard. Yeah. Which is also true. If they intend to keep that uh, that uh, form factor, absolutely. Because right now, if, let's say I have I have a very good laptop. Uh, supposedly, the keyboard <laughs> is fantastic. The de- the screen is fantastic. The mouse works. I like the I like the body and the ports, and now all of that. And uh, I wanted to just replace the CPU and the GPU. Get fucked. Replace the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Whereas with this, the ba- if the battery is still good, if the screen is still good, if the keyboard is still good, if all those peripherals are still good, you're just dropping in a new motherboard with a new processor. Okay, that's great. And you're just swapping your RAM and everything back in. But that's still probably like a 300, 400, 500 replacement. As opposed upgrade. to a new laptop, which would be 1500 to 2000 because all those peripherals are expensive. Mm-hmm. That's fair. No, but like I said, you can get a comparable base level for about 700 yeah. or 800. This so is... you'd be paying $300 more for just a new non-repairable. Anyway... <laughs> I'm. I think the point being made here, and that we've already reiterated, that is obviously a niche. Uh, it is very audience. niche. It, it doesn't make it bad. The product seems good, um, but it needs. It'll need more uptake, not even just from itself as a as its own product, but like in the market for even companies just to uptake this kind of. Um, I really hope they survive. Build. Me too. I hope they just survive so long enough for when popular. I need a new laptop. I hope they survive long Which enough for when I need to buy one for my parents one day. Like uh, my laptop, I bought it at the end of 2017, but because it's just, it's my side computer. So I don't need it to be powerful. It just, is, just make your Steam Deck your new computer. Honestly, I have <laughs> considered that. I have thought about that. Part of me is like, ooh, I want to get a framework laptop. My my laptop, the, the keyboard is bad and brr, this, that, and the other thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but I intend to get a yeah. Steam Deck next year anyway. Oh, but the framework mm-hmm. is cool and sexy and fixable and repairable. Mm-hmm. Steam Deck's not going to be sexy and repairable like that. And so Steam it's like... D- the Steam Deck, I just looked it up uh, as well. Uh, there's a, Just in like the news, because I haven't heard a lot of updates since they hadn't announced you know it's the going to use release. some standard parts but it's not intended to be repaired rather 
no user no. replaceable. So it's going to be yeah. like taking apart a laptop or a controller or something. It's yeah, going you can to do be some. You difficult. can do some mod- modifications, but not everything. Yeah. Um, it says seventy-two percent of top fifty Steam games can run on Linux on it. So that's nice. Uh, by what Valve is saying, it's like, oh, if a game does not run on the Steam Deck at launch, we consider that a bug. Mm. That That is something that they were actually saying. That's and good. the reality, that's a very good mindset to have. And I'm really I'm I'm really hopeful that the Steam uh, Steam Deck yeah. does well. The reality is there's certain things, though, that just. It's not going to happen the way that a lot of anti cheat uh, stuff works. That is the biggest issue. And even certain Valve anti-cheats have issues on Linux. Uh, mm. But supposedly, I, I can't remember if I heard this or if I read this. So this might be a rumor. It might be hearsay. But I'm going to repeat it anyway. <laughs> supposedly, Epic has been working to get... Uh, they use they do... Is, are they doing easy anti-cheat or is it Unreal anti-cheat or something? Their Fortnite anti-cheat... I think they use They're easy. trying to make it work on Linux. <laughs> Interesting. The problem is they do need uh, uh, kernel hooks to do that. So a lot of Linux people are like, Ooh, we don't mm, know if we like that. Ooh. Yeah, kernel hooks are kind of a big no-no unless it's something that's, oh, I don't know, security related. When it comes to gaming anti-cheats, if you're not running in kernel space, it just doesn't work very well, mm-hmm. which sucks. It, 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 it's bad to give it to them, but they can't work if you don't. Bah. Mm. Yeah. I still don't know if I'm actually going to commit to it. I have the pre-order. I intend to. I don't know if I will. Uh, I wonder if there's any update on the release. I, I feel like it would be a great little fighting game console. That would be nice. There's a lot of... December 2021 is when they're beginning to ship, apparently. Yes. And I think my reservation is for Q2 2022. Did you get the big boy or the? I got the I got the mid tier. Mid tier. I got the big boy. If I'm I, so if excited I follow, for you both to get those and tell me exactly what you hate about it. I'm I'm really if interested. If I in get it. it, and if Jay gets his, I want to compare it to mine because his will have the anti glare etched glass screen, whereas mine I'll will be, be the plebeian tier normal screen. <laughs> the it's scratchable more likely one. Than I'm going to say that uh, it's more likely than not that I will get it, but likely more likely than not right now is sitting at 60%. Um, the other thing is is that uh, Switch is coming out with a bunch of games. Uh, I've said before that I sold my Switch, but now I'm going to get a new one. Once the um, fancy Switch with the... What is it? What do they get? The OLED screen. So that one, once that one releases, I'm hoping to get the middle one, the one that was upgraded from the original launch switch which i had but now there's like then there was a sort of i think about eight months to a year later they released another switch that had like a better battery life essentially and uh, it wasn't that switch it wasn't that soon it was like a year year and a half or two years after sure but you know what i mean but yeah it was was just a different hardware revision exactly a slightly better one and that one i assume is gonna drop in price which is I'm going to be getting that one because I don't care about the OLED screen. So, yeah. If they do it that way, they might just stop making that one entirely and only yeah, have but the it'll OLED still be in stores. It'll still be in stores. Yeah, existing and stock will still need to be sold. And, yeah, they'll still 
eventually liquidate that kind of stuff. So I'm sure I'll get one of those. And then if I get one of those, it'll it it might push my Steam Deck purchase likelihood down a little bit. That's just fair. because I don't know. I like I'll be preoccupied playing a whole bunch of other stuff and versus getting this machine that I already can play the thing on with this machine over here that was expensive as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so there is all of that, but I'm interested yeah. to see how good of a laptop experience I can get out of Steam Deck because mm-hmm. I know it'll be a painful experience. I'm very interested to hear the chronicle. Do you think it's going to be painful? Well, first of all, you don't have a stand to hold it. It's a small screen. You don't have a keyboard. It comes with a... What are you talking about? It comes with a stand. Does it? Yes. Okay, How do you think way, it charges? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't need a stand to charge, but it like... A cable mm-hmm. It has... Yeah, but the whole point is that you put it on the stand so it can sit comfortably while you hook it up to a monitor or other sort of screen... Like they don't uh, want the stand is to... extra if they've announced one. I thought I was under that impression. I don't believe I don't it comes think so because I because I'm everything I've ever unless seen... maybe the the super high tier comes with the stand. I don't know. All I know is that all the promo images that I'm looking at right now that don't show it with a case is on a stand. Uh, that that's just on a little thing to hold it. That's not a stand that it comes with. You don't know that. I'm fairly certain. You don't know that. But I guess we'll see what happens on the next episode of the Oda Fest of podcast. Of Dragon Ball Z. On the next 150 episodes of the Oda Fest podcast. Now, I know I made a Pokemon joke, oh, but technically this means the next episode will be a Mew episode. <gasps> Gasp, because that's Pokemon 151. The Mew episode. This is the Mewtwo episode. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care.